Today on the podcast, I have a lovely gentleman with me by the name of Owen Jordan, and he comes from East Cork and he's a folk singer with very interesting songs. I'll just give the titles of the two songs he has on Bandcamp if you want to listen to them. Uh, one is called Shadow from the Past and the other one is called Amber. Now, as we go through this episode, we'll learn about these two songs because they have very interesting storylines. I listened to them before I came on here and you can really hear that there is a story in song put to beautiful music, actually. So, Owen, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Hilda. It's great to have you here. Now, I think just to give listeners kind of a background to who you are and your style mm -hmm. of music, we'll start with your early years. So how did you get into music? How did it all happen? Um, I, I suppose I was lucky. I grew up in a house where uh, my father listened to an awful lot of music. Um, he played a bit of guitar. He sang a lot as well. Um, but he would have listened to a lot of uh, acoustic based music mostly. So a lot of folk music. Um, Irish folk, usually kind of Christy Moore, Dubliners, Mary Black, stuff like that. It was, you know, fairly standard at the time. But he was into a lot of American singer-songwriter stuff, like um, he was into people like uh, Glenn Campbell, um, Gordon Lightfoot, uh, Chris Christopherson, people like that as well. So I, I, I got to hear kind of both sides of the Atlantic coming at me, you know. Yeah, um, and I can actually hear that coming through your music. I mean, there's elements yeah. of it coming through. Definitely, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Both sides would would influence me a lot. Um, of course, like all kids, you know, I hit the teens and I kind of had to find my own music. You know, and I was kind of more drawn to electric guitars and kind of hard rock and stuff like that. You know, um, right. But the acoustic thing was, I suppose, because I had heard it from a very early age. Was it was almost like my kind of my baseline or something, you know. Mm -hmm. um, I always felt drawn to, to acoustic music and I still do, even though. Yeah, so I, I mean, when you were when you go back into your childhood, like, did you take music mm -hmm. lessons and go through that route of learning or did you just pick up an instrument and no. pick it up yourself? Uh, pretty much picked it up myself. Um, amazing. I was lucky that I had friends who were well, two fortunate elements to it, I guess. I was living out in the country, so there really wasn't a whole lot else to be doing, you know? Um, yeah. I suppose if I'd been a farmer's son or something like that, I'd have had no choice. I'd have been out working, but I wasn't. Yes. So I was yeah. kind of lucky in that respect. I had friends who were learning at the same time, so I used to just see what they were learning and, mm -hmm. you know, and take, take from those there. things. And yeah, what, yeah, yeah. what instruments did you focus on? So as you moved into your teens, like what instruments really took your fancy? It was guitar initially, um, electric guitar initially, but then I suppose listening to people like Rory Gallagher in particular, I heard a lot of what he was doing that I could kind of equate to some of the music I'd heard growing up, maybe people like Planksty and that, and, you know, there was things he was doing with drop-tuned acoustic guitars that, you know, I, I, I just found myself going back and finding what influenced people like him and, you know, just doing I've deep research. That, yeah. Yeah. Just yeah, kind of digging much, behind yeah. the sound, if you will. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. So really interesting. That's, yeah. I was talking to someone about it the other night um, who's, you know, um, a guy who saw Bob Dylan playing with the band supporting. <laughs> like I was just, anyway, this guy had seen Fairport Convention and Jimi Hendrix and all these people in the late 60s, but 
he said he did the same thing. Anyone he got into, he was like, okay, who were they influenced by? And this is pre-internet, so you had to read the back of record sleeves and stuff. You find out, yeah. okay, so mm-hmm. this person was influenced by Muddy Waters. Okay, who influenced Muddy Waters? And then you find the Muddy Waters record. <laughs> it's like say, the ge- generational music lineage, isn't that it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, I, I discovered an awful lot of music that way. You know, yeah, but newspaper there's some articles. There's some beautiful mm. pieces from like pre-1950 even. Oh, you know, if you go back into yeah. the 40s and the 30s, those songs, they were simply yeah, sung, yeah. but they had, it was just like stories mm. put to music, wasn't it? A lot of the time. Yeah, it was, yeah. A lot yeah. of the time. Yeah. And coming to your own music then, um, you have performed on stages, yourself made your stages. So can you talk about some of the people that you've performed with on stage? I have, yeah. Um, well, in recent times, I, I did a gig with John Spillane last Saturday in the Sea Church venue here in just up the road from here, which is in Ballycotton in okay. um, East Cork. Absolutely beautiful venue. It was an old church that's been uh, renovated. So, yeah, I played with John, um, played with um, Galway singer-songwriter Alton Conlon there last Thursday. Um, in Collins in Cork, or Cocklands as it's called outside <laughs> of Cork. Cocklands, that's right. Yeah, I'm yeah. speaking of Cocklands, I'm playing with Mary Cocklin this Saturday. So Very good, very good. Looking forward to that. Um, yeah, previously I played in a number of uh, traditional music bands, so I would have shared the stage with um, fairly high-profile trad acts like Alton, um, Danu, Dervish on another occasion. Um, yeah. And, you know, when you look at a lot of those styles of music, would you say for those who don't know the styles of music, are they traditional Irish? Would you call it folk music? Would it kind of hit, hit into indie music, maybe, some of it? No, I, I'd say your folk music is kind of a grab ball, really. Um, I suppose if you break it down in what folk music means, really, it's music of the people, isn't it? You know, so yeah, yeah. you can put any form of traditional music, whether it's Irish traditional music or American old timey music or Breton music or, you know, music from northern Spain. That's all traditional music, folk music yeah. as well. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Very good. You released two singles, and if people want to see them, I'll include the or hear them. I should say, the link will be in the podcast description. Or if you're watching this on YouTube, to be on the in the YouTube description on uh, Bandcamp is where they're located. One is called I'm just looking at it here, Shadow from the Past, and the other one is called Amber. Now there's stories mm-hmm. around these songs. So yeah, can you talk to us about Shadow from the Past? What's that whole I can. song about? Um, Okay, interesting. Um, the, firstly, I suppose the story thing, i that's definitely an, an influence from growing up, you know, hearing, again, whether even hearing someone like Johnny Cash or you could be listening to the Dubliners or something like that, you know, a song like uh, Wheel of Wally or something like that, and you hear mm-hmm. this this mad dark story <laughs> unfolding, yeah, that's you right. know, and, and yeah. you know, my father had albums by... Angsty and De Dannon and people like that as well. Huge stories, you know. Um, so that influenced me. And I, I, I've i been drawn to songwriters like John Prine and Guy Clark and people like that who, you know, would be storytellers as well as songwriters, you know. Mm. That you're hooked. You, you're kind of listening, going, okay, where is this going? What's happening to this character? That's right. Exactly. So, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And I, I love that. So, um I think that that has really influenced me. The Shadow from the Past, um, I wrote a good few years ago. Um, 
Again, I was very influenced at the time by John Prine and by Guy Clark as well. So I just started writing this thing about growing up, I guess, and the stuff that a, a person goes through, or certainly the things that a boy goes through growing up. And that's that's essentially what it's about. But I kind of have forgotten about it because um, sometimes I used to sing it and I think it got a bit too Familiar. deep underneath the skin, you know? Yeah. 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 So I, I couldn't step out of it, you know. Um, yeah. But I recorded it with Declan Sinnott about a, a year and a half ago. And I'd gone down there with the intention of recording something else. But uh, Declan suggested we take a look at this. And we did. And that's the version that's on Bandcamp now. It's yeah. a beautiful so, song. It's a beautiful thanks song. Very much, and yeah. I mean, it, you're rooted. You Exactly what you said. You're rooted to know where is it going? Where is the storyline going? And it's so real. It's so authentic. Yeah, and you yeah. even you even say that in your bandcamp description underneath the song, you know, you you strive for authenticity. Yeah. In your in your storytelling through song. Now, this the other single that you have for people to listen to is Amber. What's yes. Amber about? So I have a friend living in West Cork called Jerry McCarthy, and uh, we'd talk on a regular basis. We're friends for twenty five years, I'd say. Mm -hmm. Jesus, more. What am I saying? Anyway, yeah, we're friends since <laughs> friends sometime, forever. Actually, yeah, about thirty years. Sometime back in BC, I think dinosaurs <laughs> were still roaming the earth. <laughs> There's that long, but, okay, that's long friendship. <laughs> that's it. But um, yeah, so we talk regularly on the phone. Jerry's into art, and he's kind of into um into working in the land. He grew up in a farm, and he's into um gardening and things like mm -hmm. that as well. So, just. In the course of a few conversations, he can be quite articulate. And I suggested maybe he should take a look at creative writing or something like that. So, he, yeah, he kind of went away saying nothing about it. The next thing I got an email with this thing written on it. Like, Jesus, <laughs> really good, you know. Yeah. So I asked him if I could put it to music and make a song out of it. He said, yeah, drive on. So uh, that's what I did. And just, just put it, I mean... I'm playing music long enough that I know how, how the, to the structure the of the song well. works. Exactly, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. So that's, mm -hmm. I just was able to get a bit to work as a chorus and make verses out of it. It needed another verse, so I just wrote that myself. And, okay, beautiful. And that was yeah. it. So we, we've actually, we've done a few more since as well. And they're, yeah, it's really Good enjoyable. Good collaborations. Courses. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's yeah. really enjoyable writing music, actually. You know, if that's your thing, it's very enjoyable. Yeah, but what's, it's great. What's yeah. most beautiful about your music is the guitar parts. I find them amazingly beautiful. Yeah. You know, just Thank that that plucking um, yeah, yeah, sound yeah. that the way it comes in gently behind. It's, it's a beautiful mm. sound, very relaxing to listen to. Now, the big news, though, is that you're releasing an album. Now, you're saying it's going to be out in June, but I have a feeling it could come yes. sooner. So tell no, us about be, the it'll, album. It'll be June, definitely. It'll be launched on the 25th of June, officially. Right. Um, yeah, whether it goes on sale before that or not. We'll that's see. up for grabs. We'll see about that. That's okay. up for grabs, exactly. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So the title is Hand Me Down the Moon. Hand Me Down the Moon. Down the Moon, yeah. Okay. Which seems a kind of an odd expression. I am, I'll tell you where I came from. A work colleague years ago, um, she was from West Cork, out mm. beyond Castletown Bear direction. And she, I remember her telling me a story about a very tall neighbour and his nickname was Hand Me Down the Moon. 
Irish. Is... <laughs> so Irish. Oh, that's wonderful. Yeah, yeah. That's wonderful. It, 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 a tall yeah. neighbor. Hand me down the middle. Hand me down the middle. This is so poetic, like, and, you know. It's beautifully um, said. Beautifully it said. It is, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I, I subsequently found out that it, apparently it was a common enough nickname for tall people in Cork years ago. Okay, yeah. okay. Yeah, okay. yeah. Or in possibly in Kerry as well, you know, because it kind of has a bit of that feel to it too. Yes. So I just took it and just put a kind of a slightly different context on it, you know, somebody okay. who needs a kind of a, a guiding light or a bit of di- direction in their life, you know. Very interesting. So, so how many yeah. songs How many songs are on the album? Um, the, there are 11 on the album, officially right. 10 and one bonus track thrown on there. Right. Um, and it's just taking, yeah. I presume it's just taking people on a journey of, of exploration in some regard. Would yeah, I suppose. I so yeah, yeah, it would be. Um, so some of it is traditional material. Um, about half of it is written by myself, and there's one cover on there as well. Fantastic. Yeah. And where can people hear you now? This episode will be published in or around the ninth, the week of the ninth of May in 2022. If somebody's listening back to this episode, so okay. where will people be able to hear you over the next couple of months, and even when your album comes out, what gigs have you okay. lined up? Well, if they're really fast after watching this interview, I'm playing um, on Saturday the, just look at the date here now, Saturday the 14th in the First Fruits Art Centre in Watergrass Hill, Cork. I'm supporting Mary Coughlin. Um, The following week, I'm in Crosshaven in Cork um, in a gig that's called the Harbour Light Singer Songwriter Sessions. And that's with a friend of mine, Fintan Lucy. He's um, a singer-songwriter from Cork as well. This guy is kind of the undiscovered gem of songwriting down here. Really? He writes the most beautiful songs. Okay. I would say he's up there with John Spillane or Joe Wolf. He's that good. Okay. He just people don't know about him, you know? But you see, that's um, what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. When, you're, when artists are into their zone of artistry, they're, they don't care about what other people are doing or, you know, they're so yeah. focused on what they're doing. Very often they do go unknown because, I know. I know. you know, there's such a talent and it is after some time then that somebody says something and they're discovered, you know? Yeah. But, um, yeah, yeah. So what other gigs have you lined up after that one? So I have another one with Finton the following week. It's in Cork, in Mogili in Cork, a bar called the Imokili Tavern. And, um, after that, I'm quiet for a couple of weeks and I'm at the Doolan Folk Festival. Which, oh, that's a big festival. That's yeah, big delighted number. to be playing it. Fantastic yeah. festival. Oh, yeah. it is. It's it's renowned at this yeah. point now. It's really renowned. It is. It is. Yeah. I mean, Claire, so, with its with its roots and history of music oh, and all geez. the rest is sure. I mean, it's yeah, amazing. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it's amazing. And it's not just history. I mean, there's so much music in Claire to this day. You know, it's, yeah, um, it's it's their yeah, identity was, in a sense. It's it's it the is, county's yeah, identity. Yeah. yeah. Now to have to keep an eye on where you're performing do you post these on any social media pages or anything yeah i do i have um, a twitter page a facebook page an instagram so i'll give you all of those and you can post them up here perfect so people can follow you up and and exactly great now you mentioned one name and that's mary cochlin now last year during the pandemic mary cochlin was widely reported on uh media talking about the effects of COVID on artists like herself. And she then made a big move, you know, raising awareness concerning all this. 
how are people recovering now? I mean, we're, things are seeming to be opening up to some sense of normality now and all the rest. But how are artists recovering? I mean, are they in the recovery process in a good, healthy way? Are things working out for them? I don't know. I saw there was an incentive recently where uh, I think it's a pilot scheme where like 2000 artists will get paid the minimum wage. And I, th I think that's that's being rolled out next year, perhaps. Okay. So that's something, but I mean, 2,000 artists isn't a whole lot. I know it's no, only a pilot scheme, chance. but, yeah, you know, um, I, I, I can't answer the question, to be brutally honest. Like, I have a day job, you know, and, yeah. um, and I know many other people that do. I don't really have any choice but to do that, because, I mean, if I was to try and pay a mortgage or, you know, and look after keep a giant clothed and, so and stuff like that, I yeah. just couldn't do it, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. I tried it for one year. Uh, about nine years ago and I remember in one week I had three residencies so I, three nights in a row I was playing gigs and I knew these were guaranteed you know mm -hmm. and then it was whatever else I could pick up for the rest of the week and in one week two of those were cancelled and it was like 150 wow. quid just gone just gone just gone like that and that's gone every week then and it's oh Christ what do you do you know? next what do you do next you know um, yeah I think it's very so, interesting. Yeah, I think it's very interesting. Sorry for interrupting. I just yeah, think no it's worries. sad that people, people like Mary Coughlin, I mean, you know, to be that good at what you do and to be that high profile and still be struggling, that's that, that, it's that's incredible. I mean, wrong. there is something seriously wrong because I learned in the last year, year and a half that back in Celtic Ireland, when you had the castles in operation, I'm going way, way back centuries ago. But yeah, yeah. poets, poets were highly renowned people and highly respected in Irish culture. Yeah. And yeah. what they said almost was gospel in terms of how the political agenda of the day was being handled. Mm. Um, if they made fun of it, well, you know, the person in leadership was in trouble. If they were complimenting him, yeah. the person in leadership right. was, was supported well. And you bring that forward into musical terms now. And I think the pandemic showed up so much of if you don't have music happening, how it affects people's quality of life. Therefore, the question needs to be asked, well, how do we support artistry in a more strategized way to ensure that that remains in society in a, in a really secure way? And yeah. it's, it's like people don't realize, but if you take something away that's familiar, it's then you, you know its value. And that's the worst thing that can happen. So um, yeah. the arts are so, so important for mental health, even. Oh, hugely. Yeah. Hugely. Yeah. And yeah. especially, I mean, we're a great country for advertising. Oh, come over and look at us, you know, because we've got these big rolling hills and, you know, pubs with people playing fiddles all over the place and that. But when it comes to actually supporting people who do those kind of things, it doesn't really happen. And what do you think then about, you know, the whole notion of, we'll say, places like streaming platforms, we'll say Spotify is a big one. Um, Bandcamp has its pros and cons, all these platforms. Do you think they help artists or do they hinder their income in ways? I think Bandcamp helps artists, definitely. Mm. Um, but unfortunately, it tends to be people who are either musicians or kind of very closely aligned with you know, the whole process of making music that tend to buy music on there. Just, it, it seems to be artists just supporting artists. Um, 
the I mean, other streaming you, platforms. Yeah, do you think people yeah. are so used to getting things for free? It's an issue now. Yeah, yeah. hugely. Yeah, I think um, there's a generation that has come up now that thinks that music is something that you get free. And I mean, so, when you when you figure out the hours that go in that goes into creating an album, creating a record, maintaining that skill, I mean, it, it needs to be paid for. Well, I've gone through it firsthand recently, you know. Um, mm. You know, I, I did a Kickstarter campaign just to try and get the thing over the line because I had paid for everything up to that point myself. And, you know, it's it's no joke. There's, it's very time consuming. Um, no, at the same time, nobody forces you to do it. But if you make the decision, you're going to do it. It's very time consuming. It's like a financial black hole at times because you're just plowing money into it. And then... You know, you put it up in a streaming service like Spotify or something like that, and you get 0. 0.001 of a cent or something. That's right. Per, I mean, Mary Cotton highlighted that. If you remember last year, she highlighted it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I was. it's shocking when you think about it. It's shocking the numbers that, as you say, her profile that you would expect would have a better response. But, but it's, it's not just, just her. I mean, you know, <sighs> okay, the... There is a pro to it in that they are giving a platform for independent artists to get their yes, they are. to the public. Yes. So it is available where we'll say going back 30 years ago, you needed a record deal or you at least needed a lot of money that you were able to get records printed up yourself yes. after you'd done all the recording, paid everybody to, to play on it and all that kind of thing. But okay, it's a bit cheaper to do a record now um, or to do an album, no. But then you stick it up on here. Like, okay, there, there are multiple issues. People don't listen to albums anymore either. It's more um, isolated songs. Isolated songs, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which I really hate, you know. I mean, well, I, I think, come from a yeah, I mean, if an album is put together, it's put together with a lot of thought, isn't it? It is, it is, with a flow to not, it and all exactly. of that. Yeah, yeah. And very it's not, carefully chosen melodies and. It. Exactly, yeah. yeah. It's not just 10 individual pieces that I, you know, I truly just, is on a list and here they are. You know? mm -hmm. It's a very crafted art form. Is, yeah, very yeah. crafted, just like a sculptor or a painter crafts That's their just, artistry. Yeah. Isn't that the way? Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So the album, so the album will be available at the end of June. And um, I presume if people keep in contact with your social media profiles, they'll find all about it when it's exactly, out. Exactly, yeah, yeah. Perfect, perfect. Now, I'm going to finish with a few questions, a few fun questions. Very good. Would you say you've learned musical secrets? And if so, would you be willing to share some? Musical secrets? Um, I suppose I can just share my experience. I think um, a very important lesson I learned is to be good at what you do. Mm -hmm. And that doesn't mean necessarily being a virtuoso guitarist or, you know, fantastic singer or anything like that. But find what you're good at and focus on that and be good at that. You know? Yeah. That doesn't so mean don't get too distracted. Or... Yeah. Don't get too don't. distracted. Yeah. Yeah. Stay focused. Yeah. 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 Very yeah. interesting. And what has created the most impact in your musical life? I think just the sheer joy of playing music. Isn't it joyful though? Isn't it a oh, joyful experience? Just amazing. A friend of mine said it to me um, a while back. He's a, he's a musician himself, but he's a qualified counsellor too. 
before there was ever really talk in the public about mindfulness and that we were practicing it. We just didn't know it. Because <laughs> yeah. he was saying to me, if you're sitting there playing an instrument, you know, I'm not looking to see who's looking at me. I'm lost. I'm gone. Yes. You know? Yeah. Yeah, you know, we were talking before we started recording there about Martin Hayes. That's right, yeah. Martin, Martin I, I'd say Martin Hayes doesn't even know where he is when he's playing. <laughs> it's just a flow state. It's just gone. Flow yeah, state, yeah, yeah. yeah. Which is yeah. amazing. It's an amazing zone to get into because just oh, the world the world around you disappears and all the worries of life disappear for a while. How, how many people never get to experience that? Yes, very true. You know? Well said. Or need what? to take something to get them there. Well, that's the other side of it. We wouldn't guide. Yeah. <laughs> that's a dangerous path to go down, actually. What is the best tool you choose to use in your musical life? Best tool. Do you use your phone to record melodies on? Is it handling your instrument when you feel a certain way? Or is it meeting people like yourself and having fun yeah, yeah. together? Or? all of the above i definitely find the the phone is very handy because yeah. i get ideas for things um not so much melodies but i get lyrical ideas at times that are really inconvenient you know it's like driving the car or something and next to this thing's in the head yeah <laughs> you just where's the phone quick yeah yeah, yeah. i often yeah. i often think they're like little butterflies or something that you know if you're lucky you get one yes you know? Yeah, I had that discussion somewhere. recently. Where does creativity come from? And somebody said it comes from eternity in through somewhere. So as that was an interesting. You're, you're just your a persona. For, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's about holding know, yourself at a higher frequency, like not being down and negative. That's but it. Yeah. Holding yourself pretty high up in frequency to you know get that creative spark or receive it. That's right. Yeah, I know. I I've heard a lot of very famous songwriters talking about that. I I've heard Neil Young talking about that quite regularly. Yeah. That he has no idea why he writes these things that he writes. They just that's they just what come. comes out. Yeah. But you know, I would I would look at that and I'd say, okay, let's have a look at the environment. Let's have a look at the daily habits. A lot of people, as you said, oh, do yeah. mindfulness yeah. techniques and so forth. And mm. what things do they exclude from their life that they don't allow into their life? valid question that's that's true and i'd say yeah kind of along the lines of that i'd say you if it was that one is a conduit or whatever for for this thing you probably have to get yourself in a certain state where that's allowed to happen you know? exactly whether that's yeah. kind of in a meditative state or whatever whatever depending on your personality exactly exactly yeah now, for somebody listening to your story about the whole musical transition from childhood into teen into adulthood and now performing in major stages and so on, what is the number one growth tip that you've discovered? Now, when I talk about growth, I'm talking about musical development in this case. So what is the number one growth tip you've discovered? Again, it would be going back to kind of the answer I gave to your first question. It was finding what I was good at. Um, yeah. I tried on lots of musical hats over the years. Some things I was good at, some things I wasn't good at. Mm -hmm. um, and I think it, it wasn't a conscious decision, but something led me to something that I'm good at. Mm -hmm. And I, I work on that now. You've um, stayed focused. I have stayed focused. A friend, it, there was a really important thing that happened to me was it, a few years back now, maybe about 12 years ago, I did a gig with a friend of mine. Um, he's a singer-songwriter as well, a really good singer-songwriter. Um, 
And speaking afterwards, I had done a solo set, which wasn't very good. I kind of half written songs. They weren't great. But um, I thought it was okay to just go out there and do it. you know. And I thought singing was something I just did while I was focusing on my guitar playing. So obviously what was coming out here wasn't particularly pleasant. And, um, and he criticized me afterwards for it, and rightly so, because, you know, what I was doing really wasn't good enough. You know, yeah. he could see that I was a hell of a lot better than what I was putting out there. Isn't that I remember being, an, uh, yeah, I was annoyed initially about it, but you know what? It was some of the best advice I ever got because I just went away and I thought, I need to work on things, you know. Yeah, it motivates like, you. you know, that's and it, I, yeah. I suppose the other thing as well is like, when you look at the people that you're surrounded by, have they a great influence on you? Well, they can have the opposite if you're around the wrong people, but if you're really around good people, like you've just mentioned, how that they can just help you and say hi. You need to focus yeah. more on, you know, what you want to do. Yeah. Achieve. Another thing is to, you know, play with people who are better than you. Yeah. You know, because mm -hmm. you'll always, you'll have to move up then as well. You know, mm -hmm. if you, yeah. if you make a conscious decision to look out for people or just to sit playing on your own, you won't get any better. Yeah. You know, it's, um, I, I think for me, I mean, you know, I've been lucky to work with people like Declan Sinnott. Jesus, I mean, you're talking. A it's level amazing. of musicianship that is just frightening. You know? Yeah, yeah. When you're sitting then, with that, you'll take things away from it as well. Yeah, and their knowledge then to is amazing mm. as well to be the band. Staggering, yeah. 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 Well, it's been a pleasure to have you on and to learn of your story and keep in touch with you know your gigs we'll and all do, that. Yeah. And again, I'll have all the links in the descriptions below for people to click through on. And as the album comes out, let us know when your gigs are on and all that kind of thing. So great to have you on and thank you very much. Okay, and thanks for asking me again. Yeah. When I was a child Something said inside You'll amount to nothing You'll be lucky if you survive So I spent those early years As frightened as a deer I learned to keep my mouth shut Knowing it was always near There's a shadow from the past Follows after me It's like a weight around my neck It will not let me be I hit the teenage years I started to rebel Out of rage and frustration And that which I know well I lashed out like a madman I hid like a thief 
But in my cloak of silence I was shaking just like a leaf And there's a shadow from the past That follows after me